the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competed against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Sarah, good morning to you. How are you? Cork are back, or are they? <laughs> yes, they are. And you know what the big thing is? It was the hunger that we saw on Saturday night. And for Cork teams, since maybe 2013, when they last got to, I suppose, an All-Ireland final, that was the hunger and desire that's been lacking in a team mm. from Cork over the last eight, nine years. And that team... That likability, that personality, Saturday night, that's what Cork people will follow. And actually, I think they've probably gained a lot of fans from literally that last 30 minutes. Mm. I was texting with a friend of mine who uh, is a Limerick supporter (laughs) and who was like, oh, Cork, they're always flaky. Every time they get back level, they can see the goal. That's why, blah, blah, blah. And then by the end, it was like, well, actually, you know what? Maybe maybe things have changed. Because that was the... The the uh, the big knock on them that they're a bit soft that they don't have that character that, that personality to come back and look at one swallow doesn't make a summer but it's really important that like they can build on this and actually rally around the whole point that against Tipperary who were really really dangerous they didn't go away when they had every excuse to go away yeah and in previous years I'll go back as far as twenty fourteen Croke Park court final against Tip Shane McGrath was captain of Tip that year. That was a flaky Cork team who didn't show up, yeah. who's, who sat back, who who allowed t- Tip to dominate them. And there's players on the team on Saturday night who were there in 2014. So for those guys to now have that, it, it's pretty impressive for those guys to find that hunger, to find that desire so late in their careers. Did it feel like Cork were targeting goals? Because it feels like they had only one goal chance maybe against Waterford and banging in four at the weekend is a, is, a, is a positive sign that they may be going for them. I, I thought it was stunning, but, it, but it's their pace and it's, it's their pace they, they put Tip on the back foot let's be honest in the first half Tip were able to read the game really well Brian O'Mara Ronan Marr and in the second half Cork's only option was to literally burn them mm. for pace and, and they have it so they used it Were they bullied a bit in that first half or was it like the tactics were wrong that it made it look like they were being bullied a bit I was a bit confused with the change up in midfield with Luke Mead not starting mm. Brian Roach um, had a new midfield partner it just seemed a bit funny when they had gone so well against Waterford and had dominated that area when the likes of Jamie Barron had been doing so well previous for, for Pat Ryan to mix it up I think it took Cork time to settle They're thinking it must have been somehow horses for courses that it just didn't work out in that first half Yeah and look we, we talk about Norm McGraw all the time like his vision his distribution of the ball he has so much experience and I think that was just a little too much. It was a bridge too far for Tommy O'Connell and it was a bridge too far for Brian Roach. So in that second half, you had Luke Mead coming in. You had Tim O'Mahony, massive performance for Tim O'Mahony. And Declan Dalton, lads, like that kid, I met him in Tenerife last Christmas. He was in a boot. He wasn't in Cork's plans last year with the old management. His career looked finished and what a performance he gave on Saturday night. It's when there's chaos as well. We often talk about the great Dubs team that when games get chaotic, they keep the heads. That, I'm not comparing Cork Herders <laughs> to the Dubs, but when, when it gets chaotic, they seem to be able to keep their heads. Well, the build-up for that last goal, there was no panic. It was Dara Fitz, there was Shane Kingston, the build-up, and Brian Hayes was on the pitch, 20 seconds. And it's not, he didn't go towards him to look for the ball. He actually stepped back and allowed the ball to mm. come across and casually put it in and then the hands go up and the crowd reacts it was it was stunning but it was it was the build up play was just no panic you're right it was very Dublin-esque a couple of big away games coming up for them now next I think though buoyed by that win if they or that draw if they had lost to tip lads 
Totally different mm. environment, totally different atmosphere, total different sense. They'd have been of peeling themselves off the floor. Yeah. yeah. So I think going into this now, they're, they're top. You know, the, the score difference will be a thing that it will come down to in the end, but I think massive confidence coming out of the game. What did I tip? I'd say they're sickened that they left that game behind. Have to be. Because they controlled it for so much of the first half. They outscored them, what, 12 points to four in, in that spell before halftime and then came back and mm. came back again and got these goals. Garrod O'Connor's goal, Keown's goal. They did everything right and they couldn't kill Cork off. That was magic. Because even when you're listening to Noel McGrath after the match, it's like he wasn't aware of what had happened. He seemed a bit shell-shocked. He was like, what just happened there? It, you, but it, it, you couldn't believe that Cork could find two goals 68 minutes on the clock Tipper winning by four the game's over mm. and Tip couldn't see it out couldn't and like I, I think that Tip defence is phenomenal so I think they were exposed really badly exposed yeah I still think Tipperary are going to have a lar- long mm. I, I, I didn't see the injury to Jason Ford what happened but he'd already four points in the first 16 minutes he was um, and then his replacement is also great so yeah. they do have strength and depth. Hopefully, it's not going to be uh, out for too long. Um, I, I think I understand that they'll be disappointed, but they also they got a draw, and that's an away game for them. And away points, you win your rest of your home games. They're home and hosed. Yeah, I, I think it's just with the dominance that they showed for the first say forty minutes and the way they capitulated in mm-hmm. the last ten because they did. You know, they they had they had a stranglehold on Cork and they let Cork back in. I think they will be disappointed. Okay, so you think there could be some psychological impact of like a bit of doubt in their heads now, even when they are winning games. I, I think they, you can't. Where, last year in Semple Stadium, when Cork, you know, beat them for a stick, they. It it's, hasn't been that long ago that they were losing games and mm. that they weren't organised. So they've done incredibly well in the league. They were exceptional against Cork for 40 minutes on Saturday night and they allowed Cork back in. So you have to. There's doubt. There is. We got the game. I was in Oma. I was going to say, so <laughs> you, you, I'm opening the can of worms here, but the yeah. game wasn't on um, terrestrial television. Well, it suited me because I was able to watch it on Gaggle. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I... For, for a game of that calibre and there's so few games in the year that have that meet and if you look at the two provincial football finals on Sunday it, 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 there wasn't any entertainment in them I think RT are really really missing a trick here by not looking at those games and, and allowing those games to be showcasing the hurling because mm. now we've missed two games we've missed the Clare and Limerick there's game as well come. there's more to come uh, it's, it's such a small window for the game to be showcased and the Galway and Kilkenny games over the weekend were far be it from me to defend RTE right <clears throat> um, but it's actually not their responsibility to showcase the game it's the GA's responsibility mm. to showcase the game and um, they, it's in RTE's interest to get as much money as they possibly can out of GA Go because they've made an investment in it and it's just a business now so what they've got to do is exploit in uh, Don Logue's word the investment to try and get that money back um, so you're saying the big games are the pay-per-view games exactly. and that get, yeah. nobody's going to pay to see, see Sligo get beaten by Galway is Exactly, exactly. It's, it's bad business and uh, the GEA and the, you know, the, the president Larry McCarthy said people are happy enough now after Covid to pay for stuff maybe they're not I don't know it, maybe, maybe the coronation maybe they got that wrong but um, if we're looking at if we're looking at how many people attended the Cork games, thirty six thousand people in Cork on Saturday night. Mm. There was thirteen thousand people at Galway and Kilkenny a couple of weeks ago. That was on the telly. I, like if if you go to the game, then obviously there's an interest in seeing the game, and then 
tenfold interest countrywide. It's not physically possible for everyone to get to the games every weekend. The games, uh, there's, it's nine weeks, it's nine weekends, 11 weekends of, of hurling out of a 52-week year. Get your acting in order, lads. I think that there's a wider conversation to be had about promoting the game. Are you serious about promoting the game? Are you actually just delighted that there's five or six counties? It's going to be good for those five or six counties and that's all we need to keep it alive and keep charging the big sponsorship deals. I, and I, I feel a little bit like the GEA pays lip service to the whole notion of promoting hurling a little bit. I would say... I agree. Uh, we're kind of scratching away at this, but the fundamental issue is that uh, they're not really trying to grow the game significantly. They're happy with where it is. It's performing grand. Next problem. Like, that's what it feels like. Why would they be happy where it is, though? Well, like, why not? Because, like, Limerick are one of the greatest teams of all time. They had 30,000 in Porky Creeve. They had however many they had at the Gaelic Grounds the, the previous week. What, like, but is it not embarrassing that you had 9,000 people in Croke Park yeah. to watch Dublin-Wexford? They don't care, though. The game, the game on Saturday. They should care. Like, that, that's embarrassing. It's not particularly embarrassing. Like well, the game should have been in Parnell Park for starters. But well, the Dubs wanted it in, in Croke Park, it turned out. You listened to yeah. it afterwards. Like, yeah, he said exactly what we yeah. thought he was going to say, which was, this is a young team. They don't have any, I suppose, skin in the game in Parnell Park. It isn't their fortress. Yeah. So, ultimately, yeah. they wanted to be in Croke Park. But 9,000 people? I know. Uh, one, one point as well. There were no Saturday game highlights this week, or last week. Why, why does anybody? Because I, because I do remember there being a massive announcement about there being a new Saturday game show on RTE. That was like one of their big kind of flagship things. Like, oh, we're great. We've got Saturday highlights with Damien Lawler. I mm. thought that was going to be an, a, a weekly yeah. thing. So. And then they don't have Saturday highlights for the two weeks where the whole country. Like, oh, this game's pretty good. Um, I must go and check out. Oh, and then be they showed the football before the hurling. <laughs> Wonder. <laughs> I I don't know. I think it was what it was nearly. Half past ten last night before the hurling came on the TV, again. So it was nearly twenty eleven. A weeknight, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it hasn't done anything for the game of hurling in the last week. All it, all it might do is people might buy more papers because it's the only place you can read anything. Mm. It's about to get much worse with the Talton Cup. Well, and not just the Talton Cup, but the like the Sam Maguire is actually going to be good. There'll be a good game yeah. every week, and uh, that's all anybody's going to be talking about as the hurling championship careers towards the Munster final All-Ireland quarterfinals semi-finals mm. and the final I'm sure will get uh, uh, its due regard but it might not you know I think um, Hurling is being swamped by football and I don't really think that within the organisation uh, centrally they care enough about that and I, I think that like it'll be easy for us to have this kind of conversation about GA Go and for me it's a bit of a sideshow and I actually think Hurling need to do more about it and they need to talk about it Yeah I suppose I if they haven't got their own house in order in some ways. Well, if you look at the presidents previously, I suppose Nicky Brennan from Kilkenny was a big proponent of hurling mm. and Larry McCarthy is more football, I would say. Um, yeah. Jarlett Burns, uh, I football. suppose more, more, more football. Um, do we need a, a... And now Sean Kelly was football, but, but he loved his hurling, I think. Mm. Um, so Hurling president and Gillick football president. So what was your pitching? Absolutely. There we go. <laughs> Room for all. It's not the worst idea. <laughs> yeah. But there has to be some balance here and there's not right now. No, it, it's, and I, I do think that the, the tsunami of football games that are coming, uh, that are going to be evenly matched all around the country, like Marketridge Park, I think will be full for yeah. the Kildare visit. And rightly so. We should talk about Dublin-Wexford, like the actual mm. game itself. Um, you were critical of Wexford in the league and it's coming home to roost. Mm, that league game that first night out against Galway in the league it, it was a horrible night but the wide count was outrageous and I know I think Niall Corcoran was interviewed at half time and, and he pointed to the fact that they just weren't accurate enough and then Saturday evening Croke Park 
19 wides against Dublin. They came back from five points down two or three times and, uh, you know, kept, kept it a game. But ultimately, if you're hitting 19 wides, I think they had 51 shots to Dublin's 31 shots. So they were out shooting them and 19 wides racked up. It's just not good enough for an inter-county team when Munster Fair is so frenetic and you have Leinster and they had 51 shots to Dublin's 31 I yeah, think so it's not like they weren't shooting it, like, it was the wides that killed them it, 19 wides lads on a Saturday evening in Croke Park yeah it feels a little bit like they hoped and hope isn't a tactic or a strategy <laughs> uh, it, that they hoped that the injured players coming back would just fit in seamlessly and everything would be grand but it didn't work out for them no and look I, I was in Parky Key for the Wexford and Cork game this year in the league and Lee Chin that day I came in afterwards and said he was he was magic mm. like and I suppose they they probably suffer in the fact that when he's not playing the team can't get used to playing with him exactly and Wexford just don't seem to find a rhythm and I think Roy O'Connor is one of the best forwards in yeah. in the game as well so they do have scoring forwards so to be racking up 19 points and Conor MacDonald as well like I, I'm naming 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 players and Charlie McGuckin this year has been brilliant as well I just think if, if it's boiling down to accuracy and we've heard that word a lot in the last couple of weeks Waterford the same yeah. is there too much tactics and is it to go back to basics we talk about Kerry football and we talk about Dublin football and it's the kicking game well it's the shooting game lads mm. it, it has to be about the hurling and I think maybe we're too tactical in hurling now we're losing the basics they probably did well to get back level a few times even Wexford regardless of uh, all the wides probably should mention Donald Burke and his his Unbelievable Yeah, I know that. Look, Donal is, I, I suppose, a, a once-in-a-generational talent for Dublin GA, and they're incredibly lucky to have him. This is a very young Dublin team, and Michael O'Donnell, who's done, doing, I think it's a project. It has to be a project. Mm. Because well, the progress from drawing with Antrim to this is fairly phenomenal, and that's one of those wins that they get, and it's a... Uh, just a sense of like okay we can actually build on this now you know but that Antrim team is backboned by the Dunloy lads and I've been watching them since November they're coming to the end of their mm. kind of I suppose spe- spell it's six or seven months is what they had in them as a group the likes of Neil McManus um, I-, I think those lads are tired now and if you see the result <laughs> like in against Kilkenny in the league I think they lost by seven and against Kilkenny at the weekend, it was a cricket score. Yeah. Kilkenny scored five goals. Um, I think that Dublin team probably got the sting in the tail from Antrim, you yeah. know, and that and that that's what they had left in them. So I I don't know. I think Dublin are better than what they were in against Antrim, and I suppose that they're they're probably on an upward trend now. But it's not going to be enough, lads. Like Galway, Wexford, and one of the teams in Munster is going to lose out, and it's really disappointing because one of those teams in Munster is not worse than Dublin or Wexford no we, I mean they could fix this with some kind of wild card playoff weekend where we're like everybody's you know it's it's proper old school championship sure. you know, if the third place, place yeah third and fourth place in both was yeah. given a was given a rattle at it it's just then. the fourth place in Munster versus the third place in Leinster because we accept that on the basis of league blah 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 we can work yeah. it out some way to, sure. to make it fair I think the Munster lads would be happy with that mm. they'd be happy with a rattle as well so. oh for sure <laughs> maybe that's what we'll decide yeah, yeah a hurling president and yeah. a fourth place third place payoff perfect <laughs> uh, we fixed it well I was going to say Sarah's passion for the game and analysis is always class says Sean hurling should just split from the GAA and not wait for them to grow the game hashtag live hurling hashtag joking not joking <laughs> 
I love mm. that. There's an idea. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, come on down. Your uh, yeah, time yeah. is now. Well, the lads were in Uganda, remember? If Taggy Fogarty was in Uganda a while back. Right. There's uh, there's massive promotion going on there. There's less going on in Sligo. I think, actually, mm. did Sligo have a good old run against Kerry? Might have done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Decent. Yeah, so I think uh, the weekend had that gold on Saturday night yeah. in Arkeev, and outside of that... Hurling had a light touch this weekend. Mm. It's still 50-50 that one of Tip or Cork won't make it. Do you know? Close enough to it. Uh, on the balance of probabilities now, you're looking at Tip getting through. Having the acumen to, to get over the line in the last two games. Just they're, they're just more mature. And we said that at the league. They're, they're a little further along. And so how much of a disaster would it be for this young Cork team not to have an All-Ireland quarter-final to look forward to? I think it would be seen as a, a failure in Cork, first off. And yeah. it, that's what the issue is with the structure is that this Cork team doesn't deserve to go out mm. when you look at the competition in Leinster. There's no, there's no, obviously, um, is there patience in Cork if that happens? On the basis of Saturday night's performance, yes, because I think it's stacked against Cork and Clare right now um, in, in just in terms of what they have to do to get through. Um, I think everyone's going to appreciate that one good team is going to go out. In other years, it wouldn't be justified and people would not be happy with, you know, giving up games or losing games. But you're talking, they might lose one game and end up going out. If they beat Clare in two weeks, they're through. But the problem is that's an Ennis. And that's obviously Clare's fortress right now and uh, a very enjoyable place for them to go. But I, I don't think... Cork will be afraid of going to Ennis, lads. That's mm. and and the older Cork players, the the guys who were there since twenty fourteen, I suppose they they owe yeah. Claire, they owe Claire one. You know, I know Colm Galvin was on the radio last week, and I never forget him powering towards goal in twenty thirteen and breaking all the Cork So yeah, I think that's. It's a lot. To, it's a lot for both Cork and Claire to and Tip, yeah. I suppose. Or, but we're assuming that Limerick are going to. Is that game on telly? No idea. No, I don't actually think that it is. Mm. Right, uh, Sarah, good stuff. Thanks, lads. Thanks a for joining us. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.